Good morning, everybody. Merry Christmas. Feliz Navidad. No, I'm just kidding. We won't go there. <laughs> um, I'll do that later. Okay. Um, we're so glad that you are with us today. I'm going to invite you to stand with me, if you would, as we begin our service. Uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for, uh, we thank you for sending your son to die on a cross in our place. And Lord, as we celebrate his birthday this uh, upcoming week, uh, we pray that our focus would not just be on the gifts, uh, but it would be on the gift that you gave uh, of salvation that is freely given to all who would put their faith and trust in you as Lord and Savior. Lord, I thank you for that. Lord, we ask that uh, as we worship you today with our voices and our tithes and our offerings and as listening to your word, that, that you would be glorified in our lives. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for all that you do for us, Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right, uh, let's go ahead. We're going to begin with some singing this morning. We're going to sing page 190, Angels from the Realms of Glory. Angels from the realms of glory, wing your flight o'er all the earth. Ye who sang creation's story, now proclaim Messiah's birth. Come and worship, come and worship, worship Christ the this morning. chorus one more time.
seated. Sorry to confuse you on that. That's my fault. All right, uh, I want to give a few announcements real quick. Uh, number one, the Christmas baskets are out there. You say, what are those? Those are Christmas cards. Um, if, uh, if you've been coming for a while, your, your name is probably on one of those cards. So check those out there. Uh, you say, well, I didn't, I didn't uh, do cards. That's okay. You know, that's all right. Um, but uh, check those because you probably got some. And uh, um, that way we just try to put some out there for you, uh, a place to save some postage because stamps are stinking expensive, aren't they? <laughs> Uh, but anyway, uh, those are out there. Uh, do not forget, I'll probably say it another couple of times, but next Sunday we have an early service at 8 o'clock uh, in the morning, and we're going to follow it by a breakfast, a carry-in breakfast. No Sunday school, no worship service 11, at 11 o'clock. That's all going to be done early. And then we're going to take a break until 5 o'clock that evening, and we'll have our can- Christmas Eve candlelight service that evening. Uh, so just... Pay attention to that. And then the, the first Sunday in January, January 7th, um, we're going to have a Lord's Supper and Deacon's Fund offering as well as a Carrion Fellowship dinner. Uh, just fellowship with the Lord, fellowship one with another, start out the year great. Um, and then also, it's not in the bulletin. I did mention it a little bit to uh, the to, in Sunday school, but um, Barb Solomon's memorial service is going to be on January 13th at 3 p.m. at 3 p.m. So please make note of that. And uh, I know that uh, Brother Ron mentioned that they plan to have it catered so that we're not putting anybody out uh, for that, uh, you know, making food and and whatnot. But uh, because it's being going to be catered, he needs to know and get an idea of who all is going to be here. We'll figure out how to figure that out, but uh, that'll be... Um, January 13th. Oh, I thought I heard someone start to say something. Sorry. Um, All right, let's go ahead. We'll sing the next song. It's uh, also in your hymnal or up on the screen. It's page 193. Oh, come all ye faithful, and we'll take up our offering during this song. Dave would ask God to bless the offering, please.
Amen. Thank you, sir. All right, the last song we're going to sing uh, this morning in our service, uh, you can remain seated. It's in your bulletins. It's up on the screen. We're going to sing Shout to the Lord. And thank you for worshiping um, with your voices with me. Why don't you go ahead and turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1 is where we're going to start. And uh, then we are going to be going to Acts chapter 27. We're going to read uh, uh, verse 23 here in just a moment. And then we'll be going into Acts 27. So, we're here in the... We're in the uh, third week of our Christmas message series, God With Us. And uh, if you're enjoying our sermon series, tell somebody. 
That, that sounds like a commercial, doesn't it? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but yeah, tell somebody about it. Uh, invite someone uh, uh, to come to church with you next Sunday. Or, well, not this Sunday because it's a little too late for that. But, you know, you, you know, these are streamed online on Facebook. And you can always go back and see them. Um, and you can always go back and, you know, for better or for worse, they're on there for quite a while. Um, and so, you know, you can always get, invite someone to church, say, hey, if you want to check us out, you know, listen to this goofball. I mean, we kind of like him. He's okay, but he's our pastor. Um, <clears throat> but there's other people that are a lot better here. <laughs> but, uh, no, uh, you know, invite people to come. And that's part of what, uh, uh, as Christians, we're supposed to do. We're supposed to bring people into the Lord's house. Invite them uh, uh, into a walk with the Lord. All right, so next Sunday we're going to conclude our service, uh, or conclude our series, I'm sorry, our series as we focus on the main verse that we've been focusing on uh, or jumping uh, from uh, every week, that Matthew 1.23. And again, I'm sorry if it seemed like a broken record, but don't forget next Sunday is 8 o'clock early service, 9 o'clock, well, not 9 o'clock, but after the 8 o'clock service of breakfast, so uh, no 11 o'clock worship next week. Um, please don't forget. All right. Matthew one twenty three. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. We've been talking about the presence of God in different seasons of our lives. Because, you know, we experience God in different ways based on what's going on in our life around us. Uh, the first week we talked about the presence of God in the valleys. Uh, we learned the key principle that we may enjoy God on the mountaintops, but we get to know Him intimately in the valleys. Last week we talked about God in the wilderness, uh, that God often whispers in the wilderness. Why does He do that? He does so because He's close by. And uh, it, we learned the valuable principle that our deepest needs can become a gift when they drive us to depend on God. Uh, our deepest needs become a gift when they drive us to depend on God. So today what we're going to talk about is God in the presence, God is with us in our storms, in the storms. Uh, one pastor used to say something uh, often that seems a bit discouraging, uh, but it's very true. He would say, uh, you're either coming out of a storm or you're going... You're either coming out of a storm, getting ready to go into a storm. Let me just read what I'm supposed to say. Okay, I'm, I'm messing that up. You're either coming out of a storm, you're in the middle of a storm, or there's a storm around the corner. In other words, life can be difficult, right? We know this. We know this. Life is difficult. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and that's not very encouraging, but it's true. It seems like you're either coming out of a difficult time, you're in the midst of a difficult time, or you're just around the corner from one. And that's just horrible. And you may, it may drive you to ask the question, well, where is God? Where is God when we are in the midst of the storms? I mean, we had some big storms hit our country, you know, over the last several years. Uh, um, do you ever wonder why we name storms, killer storms? Anybody wonder that? Okay, I guess it's just me. It's okay. Um, but I did. I wonder that. And so I'm like, well, where did this all start from? Because I know they didn't used to call, you know, they didn't name them. And so since I only work one day a week, you know, here on Sunday mornings, I had all week to research this out, uh, to figure this out. But um, <clears throat> I looked into it. It was 1954 was the first year that U.S. meteorologists started naming storms but they only named them after women. And they really started naming them after their wives and their girlfriends. I can't imagine how stupid that was. I mean, seriously. Imagine I'm a meteorologist and I come home and I say, Hey, honey, there's a category uh, five storm that's coming. And it's going to kill a lot of people. There's going to be tons of damage. And it reminded me of you. So we're calling it Hurricane Stephanie. 
do you feel loved? <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I don't know what they were thinking. But for the next 25 years, they only named storms after women. Uh, and then in, in 1979, I guess there was an equal rights movement for storms because that's when they started naming them after men as well. Um, I also learned in my research that if a, a particular storm was very deadly, uh, they would retire that name and never use it again. So there's my little history on why they named storms. But... He said, well, why are we talking about that? Because we're going to talk about some storms this morning. Acts chapter 22, 27. Acts chapter 27. Now, some of you, unfortunately, might be in the midst of a storm. And maybe you're tempted to name it. Maybe you're saying, I just wish I could just get through this tropical storm divorce. Or I wish I could uh, get through this hurricane depression. Or I wish I could get through this financial typhoon. I wish I could just get through this relational cyclone. Uh, you know, sometimes we find ourselves in the middle of real pain and we just want the storm to go away. We don't want it anymore. So what do you do when you're in the middle of a storm? Unfortunately, a lot of people are going to blame God for that storm. They're going to say it's all His fault. Or, or they'll start to question where God is. Why is God allowing this? I don't understand. I don't understand where is God in this storm. Our key thought for today is this. Never allow the presence of a storm to cause you to doubt the presence of God. Never allow the presence of a storm in your life, the presence of difficulties in your life, to cause you to doubt that God is with you. In Acts chapter 27, we're going to find some men who are on a boat in the midst of a massive, crazy storm. This storm had been going on for many days. The crew is terrified. They, they started throwing cargo overboard. Uh, I mean, it's crazy. And they believe the storm was going to kill them. Uh, that this storm, uh, uh, they would not survive this storm. Now, before we get into this, let me just show you something that uh, God showed me many years ago. You're there in chapter 27, right? Look at the last few words of verse 15. It says, we let her drive. Okay, verse 15, we let her drive. Now, drop down to the last few, verses, few words of verse 17. And so we're driven. Now, look at verse 20, the last, last little bit. All hope that we should be saved was finally given up. This is God's word, right? This is what God has to say about women drivers. That was so bad, I know. I'm sorry. That, that, that's an example right there of taking Scripture out of context. Okay, um, I, I, I'm not doing that. But that was just some silliness. But look, look, let's look at the full verse of verse number 20. You remember, these guys are in the midst of this storm. And it says, Now, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and no small tempests beat on us, all hope that we should be saved was finally given up. The storm has been raging. And I wonder how many of you could use that phrase for something that you're going through right now. It just won't stop. The storm is continually to rage in my life. And then it says that they finally gave up hope of being saved. Think about that. There are people all over this world, all across the booming metropolis of Midway and its surrounding communities uh, that, that are right there. That they've given up hope. There, there might even be people here this morning that are thinking that. You know, Maybe they're thinking, well, in church, maybe I can find some hope here. People have given up hope all over the place. There's just no way our marriage is ever going to make it. There's no way I'll, I'll ever be able to climb out of this financial debt. There's no way that we're ever going to beat this cancer. I, I'm going to be alone for the rest of my life. We've never, ever uh, going to be able to conceive. After what happened, I, I'm never going to be able to afford graduating from college. I mean, they've given up hope. The storms of life, they continue to rage, and they're like, what's the point? Look at verse number 21. But after long abstinence from food, then Paul stood in the midst of them and said, Men, you should have listened to me and have not sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was one of the men on the boat with Paul, I would want to smack him upside the head for saying something like that. 
Okay? You say, well, what was he talking about? Before it even started, before they left the harbor, the Lord told Paul that what was going to happen. And Paul told the men, don't leave. There's going to be a big old storm. And they're like, well, how many days have you been a sailor? You know, and it's like, you don't know what you're talking about. We're going to trust our captain. Our captain says we can make it. We're going. And so Paul's just a regular guy. But, you know, it's almost like as spiritually as he was, he wasn't above of doing something that, you know, many of us love to do. And that's just telling people, I told you so. If you would have just listened to my advice, you wouldn't be in the middle of this storm. Why were they there? They were in the storm because it was their fault. Because they made a decision to go out into an environment that was risky. Have you ever noticed sometimes in Christian circles, uh, um, so many people love to blame the devil for everything that happens? You know, oh, it's the devil's fault. The devil did this. He, he, He caused this to happen. Not necessarily. Sometimes it's not the devil. Sometimes it's your own dumb fault that you're in a storm. Right? Sometimes you're in the middle of a storm because it's your own fault. You did something to get yourself in that position, in that situation. Sometimes you're in the middle of a storm because you spent too much money or because your emotions got the best of you and you said something that uh, you, you really shouldn't have said. Sometimes you're in the middle of a storm because you procrastinated and put it off. Uh, it's not the devil's fault that you didn't pass your final exam. It's your own fault for staying up, eating pizza with your buds, playing video games with your friends, and and not studying the way you were supposed to. Uh, No, we don't want to admit that it's our fault. Sometimes you're in the middle of a storm because it's your own fault. Maybe that's why they gave up hope. You know, because it was their own fault. I mean, I, I, I don't know about you, but it's easier for me to believe that God is going to get me out of a storm when God was the one who put me in that storm. You understand what I mean? I, mean I, I can understand that. I can see that. But there's times that I look at my life and I get into some storms because of the stupid decisions that I make. And I'm like, well, it's my own fault. How can I expect God to get me out of my own mess? And as a result, many times we give up hope. Now, there were some guys on the boat that it probably wasn't their fault. And I'm sure there were a few guys that when Paul was saying, don't leave, they were like, hey, you know, maybe listen to this guy. You know, maybe we should listen to him. Uh, um, But no. The captain said, let's go. And so that's, that's where they went. They were in the middle of a storm, and it wasn't their fault. There are some times that you are in the middle of a storm, and, it, and you had nothing to do with that storm. Sometimes, you know, maybe your kids, when you were a kid, your parents divorced, and then you became a part of that storm. It wasn't your fault. That's just your, that, but you're there. You, maybe your company made all sorts of bad decisions, and they ended up having to downsize, and you were a casualty of it. And you're in a storm that really wasn't your fault. Maybe you trusted somebody. They gave you their word. You believed them at their word. They, and you thought that they would do what they said they would do. But they didn't. And they didn't deliver. And now you're in a storm that it's not your fault. Whatever the case may be, in the middle of the storm, sometimes it's easier to give up hope. But never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God in your life. All right, verse number 22. Paul's still speaking here. And now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For there stood by me this night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve. Now stop here. How amazing is that? Imagine you're in the middle of a boat, in the middle of a storm, and then there's an angel that stands beside you. I mean, you, you may not be aware, but there are angels all around this world. You know, I'm sure there's angels even in this room right now. Uh, um, there is a spiritual world that, that goes beyond what we have the ability to see. And, and there is a spiritual battle that is going on every moment of every day. Imagine you're in the middle of a storm and if you're a child of God, a, a believer, a follower of Christ, the presence of God is with you in that moment. I mean, you have no idea all the different ways that God is with you. I mean, He could be with you in the form of a supernatural being of, of an angel. He is with you in the form of His Spirit, if you're a child of His, who dwells within you. He, he goes before you. Our God, you know, our God is not bound by time. He goes before you into tomorrow. 
He is hearing your prayers. He is comforting you in your hearts uh, in your hurts. He, he's directing you when you're lost. You have no idea all the different ways that God is with you in the storm. Paul says, an angel of the Lord stood beside me in the middle of this storm. Never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. Reminds me of what Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4. He says, at my first defense, no one stood with me, but all forsook me. May not be charged against them, but the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. Some of you are going to realize that what you're going through right now, the Lord hasn't left you. He hasn't left you all alone. He is still with you at your side, and He's giving you strength. David said in Psalm 16, verse 8, I have set the Lord always before me because He is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. It's, it's all about who's beside you, right? When you realize that God is with you, it's going to change how you interact with things and how you handle things. You know, uh, when you recognize that even though you're in the presence of a storm, but God is right there with you, you're like, okay, I got this. Not, well, not really, I got this, but God's got this, and, and, and I can rest in Him. Even in the midst of this storm. He is with you. He is strengthening you. It changes how you ride out the storm. It's all about who's in the boat with you in the middle of the storm. Which reminds me of another uh, storm that took place in the New Testament, uh, uh, in the Gospels. Another group of people, the disciples. um, And what's funny about this one is that Jesus was actually in the boat with them in the midst of that storm. Except he was sleeping. And, uh, um, you know, what were the disciples doing in the midst of that storm? They were doing what most of us do in the midst of a storm. They were freaking out. Right? They're, they were, uh, this isn't fair. We're going to die. Jesus, where are you? You're asleep. You don't even care that we're going to die. And they wake him up. And Jesus looks at them and says, what are you all afraid of? Oh, ye of little faith. It's just a storm. Then Jesus said to the storm, Peace, be still, and immediately the waters calmed. And the disciples experienced a peace in the boat. Why did they experience peace in the boat? Because Jesus was in the boat with them. You need to understand that real peace is not found in the absence of a storm. Real peace is found in the presence of Jesus in your life. Real peace isn't found in a trouble-free life. Following Jesus doesn't mean the bad days don't happen. That, that's bad theology, folks. Jesus said in John 16, 33, These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Real peace is not found in the absence of trouble. Real peace is found in the presence of Jesus Christ. He is with me. He is right beside me. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. Look at verse number 23 in Acts 27. Again, he says, For there stood by me this night an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar, and indeed God has granted you all those who sail with you. In other words, God is telling Paul, Hey, Paul, don't worry about this storm. You're not going down in the ship, okay? You're not going down in this storm. I've got more stuff for you. You, you, you've got more battles to fight. You know, maybe someone here or someone listening needs to hear this. You're not going to go down in this battle. You're not going to go down in this storm because God has more for you to do. He's not finished with you yet. Okay? Um, if you are still here, and I'm talking about alive, you still have things that God wants you to do. If you're not dead, you're not done. Now, that might seem a little odd. It might seem a little weird to think. But this is the truth of the matter. When God's done with you here on this earth, He's going to take you to heaven with Him, with His children. God has more people for you to love. He's got more opportunities for you to serve. He's got more people for you to to, uh, share the love of God with, the Gospel with. Hey, the ship may go down, but this storm will not take you out. God will use what you learn in this storm to prepare you to help other people through their storms. What you need to understand as well is that there is a purpose in the storm. There's always a purpose in the storm. 
The, the storm didn't surprise God. He's doing something in you. He's speaking to you. He's strengthening you. He's deepening your roots. And He will use what you learn in the midst of the storm to help somebody else in the midst of their storm. One day you'll say, you know what? <sighs> that storm was a doozy. Whew, man, I don't want to go through that again. That was horrible. But... I'm so appreciative of what I've learned in the midst of that storm. Oh, we survived unfaithfulness in our marriage. And hey, you can, you, can, uh, you can survive it in yours as well. Hey, we overcame financial hardship. We did what was right and we climbed out of debt. And you can climb out of debt too. You know, I used to be in bondage to this or that, but by the grace of God, He set me free. And the same Christ who set me free can set you free as well. And, and, and all of a sudden, because God has brought you through the storm and you, the lessons that you have learned, you become an evangelist for the Lord. An, an evangelist for the, the presence of God who never leaves you in the midst of a storm. God is doing something. He is working in you. And you don't always know it when you're in the midst of that storm. But on the other side of the storm, when you're safe on shore, you can look back and go, whoa, I don't want to do that again. Wouldn't want anybody else to have to go through that. Not in that, you know, not in that boat, not in that storm. But I would never ever trade it for the intimacy, the spiritual depth, the character, the trust, the faith that I now have in my God as a result of being in that storm. Paul says, uh, continues on, verse number twenty-five. He says, "Therefore, take heart, men, for I believe God." that it will be just as it was told me. Paul is saying, I have faith in my God that it's going to happen just the way that God said it was going to happen. My faith is not in what I see. My faith is, is in what God says. I have faith in God that what He says will come to pass. I have faith in God that it is going to happen. My faith is not in the boat. My faith is in the one who commands the winds and the waves. My faith is not in the boat. My faith is in the one who created the trees that the boat's made out of. I have faith in my God that it is going to happen just like God said it was going to happen. And He is going to see us through and that He will be my deliverance. That He will provide. That my God will bring healing. And in the middle of the storm, I'm going to experience His peace. I have faith in God that it's going to happen just the way He said it's going to happen. Here's the bottom line. You know, you can't control when the storms come. Right? Are you with me on that? You can't control when the storm blows up. But you can control what you believe and you can control where you put your faith. You can't control how severe the storm's going to be or how long it's going to last. You can't control what people may say about you or what people will do to you. But you can control what you believe and you can control where you put your faith. My faith is in the One who created the winds and the waves. My faith is in God. I have faith in God that what He says will come to pass. It will happen. Paul is telling these guys, guys, I know it seems scary. I know it's it's." You know, you're thinking you're going to lose your life, but be of good cheer, guys, because my God said y'all are going to be okay. Who is God? Psalm 46. It says, God is our refuge and strength. In the middle of the storm, He is our hiding place. He is our safety. He is our strength. He is our God. He is our refuge and strength. He is a very present help in trouble. Why? Because He is with us. He is by our side. Who is He? He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. And because He is with us, in verse 2 it says, Therefore we will not fear, even though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried in the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling. Selah. You say, what does that mean? That means think about it. Think about what was just said. God is our refuge and strength. Now, that sounds like a pretty amazing storm that the author was going through. Even though the earth be removed, even though the mountains are carried to the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling, 
The idea is, hey, even though my life gets turned upside down, God is still my refuge and my strength. Even if I lose my job, even if, I, if the relationship that I'm in right now does fall apart, even if the economy gets shaky, I will not be afraid. Why? Because He is with me. Because He will never leave me. Because He will never forsake me. Because He is what I need. Because He is my safety. He is my strength. He is my comforter. He is my source. He is my redeemer. He is my righteousness. He is the friend that sticks closer than a brother. He is my rock. He is the living bread. The bread of life. He is the living water that satisfies my soul. He is the gate through which I enter. He is the guide who directs my step. He is my comforter uh, that ministers to me in my time of need. He is my peace. Peace that is not found in the absence of a storm, but peace that is found in the presence of Jesus. He is with me. And I can get through anything with God. Uh, I used to listen to a uh, Christian comedian uh, by the name of Mark Lowry. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of him or not. Uh, Mark Lowry's a pretty funny guy. And uh, he, one of his bits that he used to do, he, he'd say his favorite verse, absolute favorite verse, was where the Bible says, and it came to pass. And that's all he would say. He goes, and it's so true. It, can, it will come to pass. Whatever you're going through right now, it will come to pass. The storm that you're in the midst of, it's going to come to pass. Whether He brings you through out on the other side or He takes you to heaven one day. Right? It'll come to pass. And, and uh, whatever storm you're in the midst of, please understand that God is there for you and He hasn't left you? You're not all on your own. If you are His child, He is right there with you through it. And He's going to bring you through it. And you may say, I don't see how in the world He can do it. Well, that's because you're not God. You say, well, I I don't see where this could happen. God has a purpose. God has a way. He's going to bring you through it. If He's going to bring you to it, He's going to bring you through it. God is with us. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He is that brother that sticks close. He is that friend that sticks closer than a brother. Matthew 1, 23, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. That's why you never let the presence of a storm cause you to doubt the presence of God. True peace is not found in the absence of storms, the absence of trials, the absence of troubles. I mean, that's just a part of life. True peace is found in the presence of Emmanuel, God with us. My faith is not in what I see. My faith is in God that no matter what comes into my life, even though it is rocking my world, I'm going to make it through. No matter what it is, you're going to make it through. And as I said, sometimes making it through is you get on the other side of the storm and you learn a lot. You get closer to the Lord. Or sometimes in the midst of that storm, He just brings you to heaven with Him. Whatever happens, it's a win-win situation for Christians, right? We get through it. We need to learn to trust the Lord. Believe what He says. You know, even as what we were talking about when we're in the, the valley, that we love to be we love the relationship we have with God and how everything's going great and wonderful while we're on the mountaintop. 
but you'd never want to trade that in for the intimacy that you get, how well you get to know God in the midst of the valley, in the midst of the storms, in the midst of the wilderness, in the midst of trials and tribulations and troubles and difficulties because this life is filled with them. And if you don't think that, I'm sorry, there's something wrong with you. (laughs) Because life is hard. Sometimes the storms come and... It's God bringing us through something. There's a particular purpose, a particular reason why He brings us there. Sometimes we're in a storm because it's our own dumb fault. I've been in a lot of those storms. But God has never let me down. We can trust in Him. Because... I don't know a single person that he has let down. I don't know a single person that he has failed. We just need to trust the Lord. I don't know what storm you're in the midst of right now. You know, maybe right now you're, you, you just got out of a storm. Praise the Lord for that. That's wonderful. Maybe it's been a while since you've been in a storm. Well, you better get ready. Because most likely that storm's coming. But whatever it is, have faith in God. Believe that He is not going to leave you. Maybe it's a friend that's going through something right now. Pray for that friend. If it's you going through it, pray for yourself. Spend some time with the Lord in prayer. Spend some time with the Lord in His Word that you would be faithful to Him in the midst of a storm. Sometimes our storms get a little longer because it's our own fault in the midst of those storms. What got us there initially wasn't our fault, but the way we reacted to it was our fault. And sometimes that that goes a little farther, but you know, God still gives us chances, which I am so grateful for. Have faith in the Lord. He will bring you a peace that goes beyond all understanding. Would you stand with me as we go to the Lord in prayer? Lord, we thank You so much for Your Word this morning. And Lord, I pray that You would do something in the lives of those that are hurting today, that are going through a difficulty. And Lord, I pray that You would do what only You can do. That You would do a miracle. You would help them in the midst of their pain, the midst of the trials. Lord, I'm not necessarily asking you to take away that trial, take away that storm, but I pray that they would understand that you are with them, that they can lean on you for support, that they can, that they would be firm on the foundation of you. Lord, I'm sure there are many that are hurting. And Lord, I pray that we would be sensitive to to reach out and to care for others and to minister to them as we represent your love to them. Lord, I just pray that as we go through our storms, we don't doubt you. That it drives us to have a greater faith in you. A deeper faith in you. And Lord, I, I think this morning about the person that may not be a Christian. Maybe they don't even know what that means. Maybe they, they don't have a relationship with you. Lord, I pray for, for them to understand that without you, they're on their way to a place called hell. But you loved us too much to, to go there without the, an option. And that's why you sent your son to die on a cross in our place. So that we can be saved. That if we repent of our sins, we ask for forgiveness of our sins, and we turn to you and you alone in faith, trusting in you and you alone, that we would be saved. And then we would know that you will never leave us and you'll never forsake us. Lord, if there's someone here that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, I pray that today 
they will come to know you. Whether they talk to me or someone else that they know and they trust, I pray that today would be their day of salvation. Lord, I thank you again for your word. I thank you for this time. I pray that you would use it for your glory. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. We're going to sing a verse of invitation, just give you an opportunity to respond to the Lord, whatever your need may be. And uh, we're going to sing page 434, Jesus is Called. Thank you all for being here today. I pray that God will continue to work uh, in your heart uh, from the message. Let God work in you um, so that you can glorify Him. Um, Pay attention to the announcements. Check the Christmas card bins. And uh, Lord willing, we'll see you soon. All right. Uh, Let's go ahead and close in a word of prayer. And uh, Harold, would you close our service in prayer, sir?